Mary, Lauren, are you ready to learn? Oh, I am ready to learn. So today we're learning about pumpkins and periods. Yes. An ode to the spooky Halloween season coming up. Yes. And for women, it's an ode to that spooky time of the month. That happens every every month. month. (laughs) Great. Um, So what have you got for us with pumpkins? So I really delved deep into pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a little too far into the science aspect of pumpkins and the genus and the species. Oh, that's not interesting at all. So I won't go into that, but I want you to know. I I want you to know I did a lot of research on that. Um, That's great. I wish I cared. Okay. (laughs) So I'll try to, I'll try to talk more about what you might care about in terms of pumpkins. So we know pumpkins, they're round and orange. That's that's what I think of when I think of pumpkin. Yeah, I don't think classic. of all those weird hybrid varieties. I just think of a classic fat, round, orange pumpkin. I agree. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. So technically, this pumpkin species is called Cucurbita pepo. Oh, I love that. It sounds I'm going, very Italian. I'm going, Cucurbita pepo. Cucurbita. I'm going into a light science okay light science is okay um now it's one of five of the species that are under the genus cucurbita just cucurbita in general but under cucurbita peppos not only the pumpkins that we're talking about today but Mm -hmm. acorn squash spaghetti Mm. squash squash i just want to say for the record that spaghetti squash is trash it's it's the shittiest squash. It's not like spaghetti at all. And I don't ever want to hear about it again. Okay. Um, acorn squash then. <laughs> <laughs> Zucchini. Zucchini. Delicata. Oh, I forgot about that one. Patty pan. Oh, that's a fun squash. That's I saw some squash. of that today in the store. I forgot what it was called, but now I know. You don't feel as strongly about those as you do about spaghetti squash? No, patty pan's cute. Spaghetti is a farce because it's not actually spaghetti. It's not spaghetti. It doesn't, it doesn't do, you know, I just can't even get into it right now. It's trash. Well, you've never been one for, um, for a, a species that lies. No, know? I have not been. That has been my, my strongest stance throughout my 30 years on earth. Especially when it comes lies, to bread. I'm out. When it comes oh. to bread and pasta. Bread products. Yeah, get Get out of here. So, all right. We, those are like a bunch of squashes that we've eaten and we know and kind of like. Yes. Um, they're not that great, but okay. Yeah, no squash is like that great. No. They're just Pumpkins all. are great. Yeah, but eating a pumpkin isn't that great. Right. So, you can eat these pumpkins. Yeah. Um, I tried. One time, I tried to make actual pumpkin bread from an actual pumpkin. Yeah. It did not taste as good. It was just bland. It was just bland. And then I found out later, working in restaurants, that the type of pumpkin you eat in, like, pumpkin ravioli and pumpkin whatever, is not actually the orange pumpkin. But I don't know what it is. I found it out, too. And it is the Dickinson pumpkin. 
<laughs> Why well, is it that? Well, what is, what is that? So we looked into it and Libby's is that pumpkin filling that yes. everyone uses. Yes. yes, that's the good stuff. And they say 100% pumpkin or something on the label. Yep, 100% pure canned pumpkin puree. But what um, I read about was it's actually the Dickinson pumpkin. And it's like a big, pale pumpkin. It looks like more like a butternut squash. Oh. And that's what's in there. Interesting. And so if I'm going to make authentic pumpkin bread or a pumpkin ravioli, I could get creative. Um, I'm going to use, I'm going to ask for the Dickinson pumpkin. Do they even sell those in stores? I have no idea, but I would just go with this pure pumpkin puree because it has all the spices in it. It's like, tastes like mm-hmm. fall. And that's what we know is like the pumpkin spice flavor. Yeah. Um, so this is a situation where canned is probably actually better. Yeah. It's just not the same otherwise. Interesting. So Starbucks didn't say exactly what kind of pumpkin puree they use but they do have a small amount of pumpkin puree in their pumpkin spice latte hmm. along with the nutmeg and the sugar and the right cinnamon and, all and of that. the sugar and the sugar and the sugar <laughs> and the cream yeah and like two drops of coffee so we're not really eating pumpkin the most i eat a pumpkin is if i unwillingly create a jack-o'-lantern because i suck at those and then i pull out the seeds and then put them in the oven with some salt Right. Those are good. Those they're are like fine. A, they're obligatory, though. Yeah, I know. It's like, well. Well, we have this pumpkin carved, so we must do this with the seeds no matter what. Yeah. And you yeah. eat like five of them and you're like, mm, okay. And you're like, these are still slimy. I didn't do this right. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they always still slimy? They're always still slimy. It doesn't matter how much you rinse them or dry them or dehydrate them. <laughs> they will be slimy and that is what they are. <laughs> and that's part of the fun. It's like, oh, am I going to get an... an an okay reasonable seed or am I going to get another slimy shitty seed that makes me wonder why I'm doing this in the first place <laughs> like should I put them in the oven longer and then you just start a grease fire so let's talk about jack-o'-lanterns yes uh, we don't we don't like doing them anymore because what I love them oh I thought as you get older you just kind of fall out of love with jack-o'-lantern carving but I guess no not. it's it's still very fun I don't know I can never get the shapes right no, nobody can. Well, there's one person that can. Oh, wow. Just one. There's one really amazing pumpkin carver. Oh, my God. Who is it? His name is Ray Villafane. Oh, I wish his name was cooler. He's from Queens. Wow. He carves pumpkins with clay shaping what? like tools. Oh. And he is like across the board the best pumpkin carver known as the best pumpkin carver wow what are does he win, win competitions and stuff i guess i don't know but you just have to look look him up on youtube ray villafane oh yeah and he comes right up he does some amazing oh my stuff God. even with potatoes wow this is very elaborate this is i would say this isn't pumpkin carving this is art but yeah it's pretty much art this is a step above anything I've ever seen in my life. He puts this to shame. Is this, does he just do this in like the fall or is he I think, year, year round just carving up pumpkin? This has to take a lot of time. Yeah. I think he does it all the time. It doesn't seem like he's doing jack-o'-lanterns though. It just seems like he's kind of sculpting the pumpkin. There are mm-hmm. no holes in his pumpkins. True. Well, 
Let me tell you about how the jack-o'-lantern Yeah, tell me how that got started. So, (laughs) you're gonna love, you're gonna love this guy. This guy's name is Stingy Jack. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. He's from Irish folklore. Oh, he's not real. No, he's real. All right. In my heart. Oh, um, that's different. Now get ready for this story. It's gonna take you on a wild ride. Mm. So Jack is like known as this big drunkard, and finally one day he's stumbling around outside, pub- going pub to pub, and Satan comes up to him and he's like, <laughs> "He's like, okay, Jack, time to go to hell. Let's go. Oh. I need your soul. All right." And stingy Jack was like, mm. "Now." This guy was maybe a stingy drunkard, but I think he was kind of wily as well. All we'll right, find out why? He's is he gonna make? Is he gonna bargain with the devil? Ooh. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Yes, spoiler alert. Oh my god! So stingy Jack was like, Satan, I just want one more drink. Can we go to the bar? <laughs> I love it. Stingy Jack has a problem, and he is leaning in. <laughs> Satan was like. <laughs> Satan was like, yeah, we can go to one more bar. So they go to oh, the bar. Oh, Satan was like, I don't even care. Sure. Yeah. So Satan and Stingy Jack walk into a bar. <laughs> but umch. And Stingy Jack is like, all right, I'm going to have a drink. He has a drink. And he can't pay for the drink. Mm. So Satan is like, oh, all right, I'm going to just transform myself into a coin. Wait, you what? Can- yes. <laughs> That's his solution? Yes. I guess Satan doesn't have any money either. He's like, oh, the the next best thing is for me to become the money. (laughs) So Stingy Jack takes Satan, puts him in his pocket along with with a crucifix. (laughs) Is that like okay or is Satan having a hard time with that? So what that means... Is Satan cannot transform back into his original oh. Satan form. So Stingy Jack is like, ha, if I, I'm going to, you can transform back, but only if you give me 10 more years to live. And mm. Satan was like, ugh, fine. Because apparently Satan keeps getting duped by this idiot. <laughs> so 10 years later, Satan's like, all right, Jack, let's go. <laughs> He's like, one more drink. <laughs> and Jack goes, hmm. Okay, but let me get this apple first. So he runs up a tree. Mm. What? And throws a bunch of crucifixes on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he just always has a bunch of them on him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Satan can't climb up the tree to get him. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever... This is the best story. And then... Jack is like, okay, um, I am gonna, I don't know, something happened and he made another deal and Satan isn't allowed to bring him to hell ever again. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so then good negotiation skills. They should teach this in business schools. <laughs> so when Jack finally dies naturally, probably actually too soon for his own good because he drank so much. Right. He isn't allowed into heaven. And then he goes to hell and he's like, okay, I'm coming to hell now. And Satan's like, nah, you're not allowed anymore. <laughs> so 
Stingy Jack walks around in purgatory or whatever that mm. space is between heaven that's, and hell. That's purgatory. And he walks around and the only thing that lights his way is a turnip with a candle in it. <laughs> this guy must be on some real drugs. <laughs> so the Irish call him Jack of the Lantern or Jack O'Lantern. Okay. So when did he get inside a pumpkin? <laughs> he never was in the pumpkin. He just says Jack of the Lantern. Oh, okay. So, if you've ever been to Ireland, I have you not. know that they're kind of into the supernatural and the fairies and everything. So mm. they tried to ward off evil spirits by carving uh, faces into like, root vegetables. And oh. it wasn't pumpkins until they came to America in like the 1800s. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So that's that's jack-o'-lantern. My last thing is mm. you need to know about the world championship of pumpkin chunkin'. Um, yes, I do. It is the world championship pumpkin chunkin' association. <laughs> but what is that? In Delaware. And there's a number of festivals where people come and create contraptions that chuck pumpkins as far as they possibly can. <laughs> this sounds a little dangerous. It looks a little dangerous. People are wearing, like, hard hats in all the pictures. Oh, my God. And these That's contraptions are, like, like... Massive catapults. Fury Road. What is that movie? Mad Max. Mad Max. Like, oh, wow. um, steroid-type vehicles. Oh, wow. Their website right now says, Pumpkins will always fly, no matter the pandemic. Just oh, in a wow. traditional manner. Wow, they're just like, we would rather die than have a year without a pumpkin being hurled through the air. Yeah. So if you're interested, I won't go with you. I am a little interested. um, And I wish that you would come with me. (laughs) Then let's take a little break. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, we're back. <laughs> yep, we're back. And this time we're talking about something maybe even spookier than jack-o'-lanterns. Periods. <gasps> That's probably not setting women up for success, though. So maybe we should rephrase. Okay, try it again. No, it's pretty spooky. I'm sticking to yeah, it. Yeah, it's scary as hell. You cried the first time you had your period. No, I didn't cry having it. Oh. I cried learning about it. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I was told at age nine, because we were going to go see my cousin who already knew about it, and he oh. was probably going to, like, tell me. So, like, this nine-year-old's like, I can't wait for Mary to visit. I'm going to tell her all about periods. Yeah, so my mom's all like, right. I guess we got to tell her about it. And I was like, what? This is the reality of my life. And I cried a lot. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's a it's a long reality. It's kind of unfathomable at that age i mean yeah it sounds like it was (laughs) all right so here my questions about periods were mostly what was it like to have a period before pads and tampons Mm. um and it was there are a lot of different different things um but first i want to start with my very favorite fact of all maybe of all the facts okay um who do you think was the first person to say the word period on TV? Um, Jerry Springer. 
no, but um, I don't even know what to say about that guess. Okay. It was Courtney Cox. What? In 1985 in a Tampax commercial. So, Whoa. like, she is paving the way. Good for Courtney. Does she know she was the first one? I mean, if I know, I think she knows. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at the time, did she know it was, she was the first one? I didn't look that up, but okay. possibly. Um, anyway, so now let's get back into the history of pads and tampons. So, basically, um, people used a variety of things, natural materials, um, like menstrual rags. They would just use cloths, um, cotton, sheep's wool. Um, they would knit pads or rabbit fur, even grass. Um, Ugh. In Egypt, women used papyrus as tampons. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. They loved papyrus. I love that. Um, in Greece and Rome, women would wrap lint and wool around wood and use that as a tampon, which sounds awful. Weren't there better options? There were. I mean, I don't know how many women were doing that. Most people were using some form of um, cloth or cotton or sheep's wool as like a pad. Um, <sighs> in Japan, women used paper as pads and Native Americans uh, would make pads from moss and buffalo skin. Which honestly sounds like the best option. That's the smartest. Um, The first mention of a period rag, and this was, this is like a little bit of a legend, but um, I think it's better if we just assume it's true. Okay. Um, Took place in 10th century Greece, um, where, well, I'll just ask you this. What would you do if you were a woman in 10th century Greece and there was this guy that just loved you so much and he was so annoying and you just couldn't get rid of him? Um, kill him. No, the correct answer is throw your menstrual rag at him. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Wow, that would deter anyone. I just love that she was like, no, fuck this guy. He's not getting it. I'm going to hurl my period blood at him. That's going to work. Ladies, let's not rule that out. Think about this. The first pads um, were cotton. They were designed to just kind of lie there and fit in this special belt worn in your underwear. And it was a big pain in the ass. Literally. Yep. Um, They invented adhesive in 1969. It took them that long. Um, Yeah. But really, they started developing this um, earlier on. Like the first actual version of a pad was created in 1888 in Europe. And America got their version in 1896 it was originally used for postpartum blood um for women after they were pregnant and then women were like wait a minute we can use this every month (laughs) oh stealing Um, the idea yes and then in world war one nurses in france noticed that the cellulose in bandages absorbed the blood better than cotton so they started using that for pads and then Kotex was a brand, and they were like, hmm, there's something here. <laughs> and they created, like, a very absorbent and disposable pad, which was new, because most women would be washing them. Thanks, Kotex. Thanks, Kotex. Kotex also did a really cool thing um, where they, like, heard how humiliated women were 
when they would have to ask for pads because everything was behind the counter at that point. Uh. So they just put out put out a bunch of pads in a little box so women could just take the pads, put the money in the box, and leave without having to be humiliated by their own bodies. Thank God. It's bad enough having to walk in there and buy them. Even though pads existed, they were still very expensive. So most people would stick to traditional methods. Mm, but women weren't really having that many periods back then. Wait. They were... What? Because they were always pregnant. There wasn't birth control. Oh. So they were having a lot of babies and then they were lactating and nursing them. So it was just periods weren't as common. So they didn't, it wasn't as big of a deal for them not to have them. Um, but it still was great when they got them. Um, in 1929, this guy, Dr. Earl Haas, created a tampon. Kotex was like, that's bullshit. No one's going to use these. <laughs> and this super savvy businesswoman named Gertrude Tenderick acquired it. And she created Tampax in 1936. Get it, Gertie? Thanks, Gert. And then the first menstrual cup was patented by a woman, Leona Chalmers, in the 1930s. Then there was also the whole um, a big fear of tampons once those were invented because people thought that it would take women's virginity. Oh, right. Um, yeah. People still think that sometimes. Yeah, people do. Um, and then some of the tampons companies got a little too excited <laughs> and they invented some really dumb shit. Like Playtex made this deodorant tampon that would promise to eliminate the odor inside of you. Oof. But your internal blood doesn't have an odor. And this company called Rely made this polyester tampon. And this is why people got TSS. Oh, and that's God. like pretty much it. No one else is getting it. It was because they just went a little weird. Went too um, far. Yeah. And then in terms of animals that get their periods i know you were curious because you think dogs get their periods yeah there is they don't what they don't it's a discharge and it's tinged with blood or and it goes from like red to i guess a light yellow color and that's just a part of their estrus cycle or heat cycle it's not an actual period oh my god i had no idea there was this family when I was in Spain, there was another student that lived with a family, and she said the family had to, like, put a diaper on the dog every so often. Yeah, that, I mean, you do still have to do, or it depends, all dogs are different. Some of the dogs have, like, a heavier discharge than others. Um, but, yeah, if your dog's not um, spayed. Right. That is a thing. But there are some animals that do get their periods. Can you, do, do you want to wager a guess? Monkeys. Yes. Nice. Monkeys nice. and apes. Um, another one, bats. No, that just makes bats a million times scarier than they already are. No, bats are so cute. They suck blood and discharge blood. Not, no, the vampire bats don't get a period. <laughs> it's just two types of bats and I forget what they are, but it's not. It's not vampire bats because then they probably wouldn't need to like eat other blood. They could just, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and there's a debate as to whether or not elephant shrews 
have their period as well. Oh, what a debate. I wish I were a part of that debate. Don't you? It seems thrilling. It probably is as exciting as it gets in those science circles, though. Um, and then we had some questions on sex workers on their periods. Yes. Big this is the most interesting thing. Okay. So we're going to go through a few things. So, like, sex workers in porn will generally try to schedule around it. Okay. Um, here's something really interesting. There's not a lot of period porn. Not because people aren't interested in that, but because of all the rules around the credit card companies. Because when you're processing payments, all the credit card companies have all these rules about what they don't want their names attached to. And those things are things like excessive bodily fluids, violence, and incest. Um, And so, like, menstrual blood falls under um, bodily fluids. So that's actually why. Isn't Whoa. that crazy? I mean, I had no idea about the credit card companies. Me either. What else are they regulating? Probably a lot. Writing that down for next time. Okay. Um, then in strip clubs, um, some strippers like don't want to work on their periods. Some of them don't mind. Um, but a lot of them will cut the tampon string. So it's not showing in their tiny little underwear. Oh, my God. Um one woman said like there's an actual tampon string cutting area with scissors in it in some strip club bathrooms oh, wow. um and some girls will like spray a perfume down there to mask the smell but other women like it or their clients like it so they don't so it really depends hmm. yeah um some people have hysterectomies to just kind of solve that problem in the sex um, working business yes wow and if you're if you're having sex with clients um, some people recommend either finding someone who's into periods or getting creative and maybe not having vaginal intercourse. Mm-hmm. Other people use this sponge technique. So you get a natural sponge and you cut it up and you insert it into your vagina before sex. And then you take it out after, um, sometimes it gets stuck up there and it has led to several emergency room visits. Or, like, some friends who will just go up there and pull it out for you. Mm, it sounds terrible. Yeah. doesn't sound that bad. I mean, it does if it gets stuck. But So there are some ways around that. That is so interesting to me. Right? And that's what I learned about periods. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My mind is blown. That's, that's what I meant to do. Well, it worked. Yes. I'm in the Halloween spirit, too. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is spooky, the idea of getting a sponge stuck inside you. Yeah, really. And it's even spookier thinking that maybe Courtney Cox didn't know at the time (laughs) that she was the first woman to say the word period on TV. (laughs) She would have been so empowered by that. Saying her No, I feel like she should really be kind of using that. Yeah. Should we write to Courtney Cox? Yep. And it's also interesting because her last name is Cox. Which is the opposite. Of a vagina. Yep. So I want everyone to take a minute and think (laughs) about that. (laughs) So that's periods and pumpkins. Okay, see you next time. See you next time.
Bye, Lauren. Bye, Mary. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Listen to Learning with Lauren and Mary wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a topic you're interested in learning about, email us at learning at laurenandmary.com.